There's no rules in this bitch, okay? So we're gonna talk about whatever you want, whatever we want, because we're gonna spin it and let y'all know what we're gonna talk about. We're gonna give you rapid fire stuff. They're the coaches, I'm the everyday guy. I'm gonna challenge them because who the fuck are they to tell me what to do? They don't know me, they do know me, they know me for a really long time, but that's not the point. The point is, we're here to give you guys a fun podcast and hopefully you learn some shit along the way. Hey everybody, and welcome to another edition of Mindset You. This is episode 65, we're not counting the second, the part two of last week's episode as its own episode, right? Is this 65? This is 65. Last one. It was 65 last one, right? But we didn't hit record? Yeah, but we didn't hit record, so it's 65. So here we are doing it again. Here we are doing it in person much better this time. Uh, I'm Jason. We got Moses and Rancis, who doesn't like using his last name, so we're just going to leave with first names. Um, Today's episode... Wait, 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 wait. We got to introduce the nicknames. Oh, that's right. This is, this is Punchline J. I'm Punchline J. Mr. Robot. <laughs> and I'm Moody Mo. He is a, he's a little moody bitch. I love him to death, but that's my moody baby. I don't, I don't think I'm that moody, but okay, I'll take it. Um, but you know, it was interesting because I was like, wait, no, you guys need your last name because you have such common names. Your Perez is the most common last name. Yeah, my name, last but, name, but my yeah. first name is not. So Rances can... Yeah, but what up. Dominican name is not common? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was just, what Dominican name is not common? You guys take like... Yeah. What Dominican name is... What Dominican name... Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. What Dominican name is common? My brother's name is Rafael. It's like one in a hundred million, bro. Yeah. Dominicans yeah. like to Raphael and Hector make and weird names. Yeah, there's a bunch of syllables in it. Yeah, you guys like take the first and last name <laughs> of Fucked each. up Scrabble that's, words. That's actually more so like millennial generation that does that. Dominican millennial generation that does that. Yeah, I had a bunch of students with weird ass fucking yeah. names, man. Well, uh, I'm sorry, not millennial generation. Wait. Time out. Yeah, I, yeah, like from millennial generation on, meaning like our mm. our age group, our names, the next generation, uh, Z and Alpha are the ones. Before that, there were very like biblical based names and like mm. very like Juana and Carmen and like very not. I just want to point out that I wasn't the <clears throat> one who got us off track today. <laughs> it was Moody Mo. <laughs> I, I was accused... trying to introduce names. Nicknames. No, no, I, we, no, we spoke about that. It's true, but I always get accused of throwing things off track. I don't accuse you. I'm not saying you. I'm saying there's people who watch this show who happen to say that things get. If somebody starts talking for a real long time, I'll make a joke, <laughs> and that I, I don't know how to process emotions. <laughs> That's not true, because I know how to cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Punchline J here. Just throwing out the hits. <laughs> um, today's episode, we're going to talk about the emotions behind eating and stuff like that, because I'm about to go on a big diet for my next fight, and uh, I got to lose about... 15 to 20 pounds in like three months and uh, I got to do it smart. I got to do it right. And thankfully, Feeder Project has the Bite by Bite program. I think I said that right. It's a mouthful to say. Bite by Bite, right? That's, it sounds funny saying it out loud. Sounds like an NSYNC song. It does. Bite, bite. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, (laughs) But the Bite by Bite program (laughs) and, um, and all the wonders of it. So I would love for you guys to explain what their program is, because I'm not going to say it again. Um, and then we could jump into me. Well, I actually think we should go in the opposite direction. I think, oh, wanna, I think, I think, I think we should start me? with you and right. like your intention, and then it, it kind of we can kind of see how the you know the way that we our philosophy to nutrition and and how we think about it kind of fits that. And yeah, we go from there. All right, so it's, this is me time, guys. Gather up. I'm going to tell you a little story. <laughs> Uh, my name is Jason Moreno. I like to box. And I'm going to do my first amateur competition in September in Atlantic City. Um, currently about 168 pounds. I'm going to have to get down to like 153, 154 pounds. Um, there's an official weigh-in? Yeah, there's an official weigh-in. Um, 
I'm not sure if I have to weigh in twice if the each day because I know I'm gonna have to fight twice. Um, but I do know that the division that I want to be in is around like the 153 division. Um, just for my size, I'm a short guy, and I think going to fighting like 165 or even heavier, um, I'm gonna put myself at a disadvantage because those dudes are like your size essentially. And they're cutting down from you know one nine, you know like 195, 200 pounds to make it to like 165, 170, and um, Although I can take a good punch, I really don't feel like taking uh, a lot of abuse for an amateur fight that I'm not getting paid for. <laughs> so here I am, getting ready to uh, stop my love affair with junk food, which I hold very close to me. Um, I've already started a little bit weighing out my food and stuff like that, but now I'm going to get to the thick of things, and I think what really comes down to is being consistent and that's something that you guys are very good at is being consistent with your with your methods, with your ideologies and stuff like that. And that's why I come to you for help. So to jump into just to have the audience understand like what a weigh-in is, yeah. like what does that mean from the, the perspective of like unboxing? Got it. Okay, so that's a good question. So a weigh-in means that I've agreed to fight at a certain weight. Um, because there's weight classes involved because um, that's just the way fighting is. You need Having a weight class makes it uh, te uh, technically like an even playing field for each, comp for each person in the fight. Um, so with the amateur fights and stuff like that, you weigh in the day of, which is a little bit different than like a pro fight or any other fights where you weigh in the day before and you get a chance to rehydrate and you can come in at way heavier. So, you, you know, for example... If I was to fight in a professional fight and I had to weigh 155, I weigh 155 Friday morning, and then I have a chance to rehydrate. And the minute I walk into that ring Saturday night, I could be 175 to, you know, some people even weigh 180 pounds after they rehydrate because it's all water weight at the end of the day. But I don't want to, the whole thing of starting early instead of waiting until, you know, August or September is that I want to do this healthy. I don't want to do it where I'm just cutting a bunch of weight in an unhealthy manner because it, 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 it fucks with you. It fucks with your, it fucks with your body. It fucks with your, your mental. And I'm trying to avoid all those things because I want to win. I want to put myself in the best position possible to achieve that. So I think that's, what's also helpful of having a goal and having a, and having, um, yeah, just having a goal of like what I need to do. And I think that's a good basis for a lot of, for people who are looking to make that change is set a goal for yourself and, and, and find out why you really want to do this. It'll make it a lot easier than just going on a whim like, I want to lose weight. Cause that's fucking hard. And it's not, it's, I don't feel like sometimes it's super chan uh, tangible to achieve when you kind of just have this like willy nilly way of being like, oh, I'm just going to lose weight because it's the summertime where you don't have a, a reason why you want to do this aside from just, bullshitting yourself uh, i got a question yep. um so one it's a true 155 153 weight so you're actually losing to be at 153 155 and you're walking, and walking weight, weight. Yeah. yeah yeah that's 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 pretty hard how much weight now i'm 168 right now okay so ideally what so it's i don't so what i'm thinking is my whole thing is like the the month out from from the fight, I want to be like 158, like going into like late August, early September, because the fight's September 16th and September 17th. So my goal is to be by like 160 to 158 by the end of August, early September. Francis, when you say that's a, the peak, a little too early. Well, it's. The premise that Jay said with him making that his walking around weight. So to me, like it changes like from that like that peak idea to like, all right, he just wants to hit this weight where he's able to just kind of maintain it, walking around, whatever. Like if if he needed to, for example, he could lose another five or ten pounds for the match. But it's more so like the whole concept of remember we used to talk a lot about six weeks out mm -hmm. so the whole idea of six weeks out is like 
at the end of the six weeks is when you peak, but six weeks out is like where you really look at it as a target that you want to be in, mm-hmm. where now you have the flexibility to like, you know, cut down water weight or do X, Y, and Z differently. But six weeks is enough time to be able to make those adjustments. But if you are past that six weeks and you're not at that point of leverage of control of where that marker is. So the way I'm seeing what, what Jay is saying is like, he wants to be six weeks out on the day of training. So it's not like the most weight he could lose is not the, the it's basically his, his normal walking around weight. He wants it to be at that point for his performance. Yeah. Is that? No, no, that's true. Cause I also want to, I want to train at that weight. So I know what it feels like to be at that walking around weight, if that makes any sense. Because if I'm six weeks out, then I have that ability to see where I'm at and to really assess, you know, um, what it's going to take to to get down lower and to be like really honest with myself. Well, I think the most important thing is, will you be able to perform at that weight? Because the power that you're going, that you have now, are you going to be able to still access that power at 158 or 155 or 153? It's going to change. And that's all dependent. Like now my second question to you was, do you know what your current like fat percentage is? Your muscle, how um, much, how many pounds of muscle do you have? I know my BMI was was last time I checked was like a little a little over eighteen. Yeah, so BMI is. But I mean, that's it's a shitty measure because yeah, it's based on a like a European kind of body, yeah, calculation, and it's just different for hispanics and african yeah i got African-Americans. some thick ass legs too so yeah, it, yeah. it doesn't necessarily help so the the real measure is really like fat percentage and also muscle yeah so i have a question have you ever been at around 155 college okay so so that's a good indicator because i'll give you a quick story with me when i was training um my my coach wanted me to go and fight in the 133 range. And my walking around weight at the time was 155. Mm-hmm. And when I started like trying to cut down weight, my body hit 143 and wouldn't budge, no matter what I did, like dehydrated, whatever, 143, my body was like, no. So like, that's why the question of like, have you ever been this weight? Like, because your body may, it may be like an extreme, right? To to be like, I'm going to walk around at 155. But if you have the history of like, yeah, I've been this weight before. Like, it's the idea of homeostasis. Mm-hmm. It's like, does yeah. your nervous system know mm-hmm. what it feels like and what it feels like to move and operate at that weight? Yeah. So I think what I'm basing this mostly off of is the fact that like, I'm really good at having a cheat meal. Mm-hmm. So I've never fully, even when I weighed like 155, I was eating like two Big Macs and a 20 piece just because my metabolism was there and youth was on my side at that point. Um, but ever since then, um, I've always, you know, I eat whatever I want and I've stayed at, you know, I've stayed at relatively, you know, in the, in the 170s, I guess. Um, so I'm really trying to see what life is like eating clean for this entire summer. And seeing what that will naturally do to my body mm-hmm. and to see how I perform that way. Because I'm the way I look at it is like if I'm performing if I'm performing as well as I am right now and I'm not exactly treating my body like a temple, I'm excited to see what I'm gonna be able to do when I am truly, truly, truly taking care of myself and really analyzing what I'm eating, what I'm drinking, um, what I'm smoking, not crack, but <laughs> this pot <laughs> but even then like even back in the day i was smoking cigarettes and stuff like that like i was i was doing a lot of stuff that wasn't good for myself so i'm interested to see where this is going to take me in the sense of like actually eating clean really listening to my body and seeing how that goes and i think that's why i go back to like the analyzing where i'm at and especially since you just told me that story of like when you got down to 143 like your body was like that's it we're not going anywhere else so i like to know you know once i get to like you know like 158 157 kind of thing how my body feels and if i gotta be realistic with myself being like you're not gonna make 153 Mm -hmm. you know i'd rather know then 
and then be able to be like, hey guys, I'm not gonna be able to make this weight. Can we put me in this division then? Mm-hmm. You weigh 165 right now? 168 right now. 168? Yeah. I would say like, Rancis, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think by July, if you can see and feel how you operate at 160, because that's gonna be an indicator of like, do you have room mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to move? Because that's where you're gonna notice the yeah. performance. Eh? Well, I will say this. In my last in my last fight that I fought somebody that was like 45 pounds heavier than me, I got down to 165. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I did it unhealthy. I did like the week of kind mm-hmm. of thing. Okay, yeah, that's not gonna help. No, it, <laughs> it, so it sucks. So it was one of those things I couldn't truly know. Well, there was two factors. One, I was fighting a fucking a heavyweight, a legit heavyweight, and I unhealthily cut weight and I still performed well I just fought stupid mm-hmm. and I had and I think that had to do with a lot of the, the mental aspect of like I feel like shit holy fuck I can't move my legs let me just stand and bang with this fucking big guy are you strength training? yeah okay yeah twice a week so there's there's a few points here where like kind of like what Mo said like this is gonna be a discovery journey like you have to lead with curiosity to see because it's not just Hey, I'm I'm doing this healthy, so now my performance is gonna be maxed out. Yeah. There are gonna be things that you gain, things that you lose, mm-hmm. right? So like Mo brought up the power that yeah. comes with the weight. There's gonna be loss of that, right? There might be um, loss of because you're losing weight. The idea is like we like to think in theory, we're losing fat only, right? But, but you're not. You're gonna, you're gonna lose. be losing muscle. So that muscle is going to impact performance. It's going to impact performance in terms of speed, in terms of power, in terms of uh, uh, just overall strength and endurance, right? Yeah. So it's like those markers are going to be changing. And like, like you said, you want to kind of walk around in this body, feel like what it feels like, what's the performance, can you modulate that? But if it becomes like an entire different body that you're driving and it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know how to use this body this way, yeah. right? then it's like, this is too risky. Like, I'm going in, like, everything that I count on is not here for me. So that changes, like, your parameters. So I think it's important to be, like, curious. And with that curiosity is, like, looking at those markers, looking at, like, okay, what's my, my current strength and so on so feel like? Because, and, and having, like, maybe you have a partner that, that you're sparring with that's not going through a change where that partner can give you feedback because yeah. it's like, you're like, oh, I feel so great. I'm hitting him so hard. And he was like, why are you uh, taking it easy today? You were like, just tapping me yeah. and usually you hit me hard. You're like, what? You know, it's like, oh shit. No. So then now you got to recalibrate. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing with, with the, the people who I train with because it's such a wide range of weights. Like I'll move around with guys who are much heavier than me, guys who are a little bit lighter than me and stuff like that. So it's, I think it's going to be good to gauge how hard I hit with the, like, if the bigger guys still feel the way I hit. And I think also with the smaller guys who before I would take a little bit easier on because there is a a big weight difference. Now to see, like, if I can start pushing it once I'm closer to their weight and seeing how they react to it. Like, are they going to still give me the the same respect because they know that if they step in and I throw something that's going to really fuck them up kind of thing compared to not having to worry as much because now the playing field's a little bit more even. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's what I'm really really curious about. That's a really good point. Um, I just want to this whole this whole thing for me is is a lot about curiosity, which mm-hmm. is a great thing that you you mentioned um, because this is literally the the biggest fuck around to find out I can do right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do I do want to highlight a point. I think the reason I asked you if you're strength training is because that's going to be one of the most important variables to maintain your strength while you're dropping yeah. weight. And it's not just, it, it, it's not just strength training, like, especially in the beginning, like now, I think we spoke about it before in terms of calories and we'll go into that, to that conversation, but definitely functional strength training where you're lifting heavy so that you can generate power because the power is the thing that's, you're going to lose most. Yeah. So when you think about power, it's more of a neurological component mm-hmm. so like when we think about this the strength itself it's a skill so you want to maintain that with like functional strength training yeah. so like you're looking at like deadlift squats mm-hmm. right you yeah, know like the man that. of steel program yeah, that, that, yeah, that we do. you've done yeah, yeah I do and, all that. and trying to get it in at least three to four times a week yeah yeah because yeah. mass is going to go down yeah, so mass. therefore 
power is going to go down unless you generate that power from speed, right? And so you're, you're lowering in weight, meaning your mass is smaller. But with that lowering in weight, if you can keep that performance of that muscle up, now you can increase speed, speed. which then can improve the, the power behind the punch because it's coming faster. Yeah. yeah, so like a deadlift, if you're like, you're starting from the bottom and you're exploding up. Or the yeah. squat, you eccentrically lower, build that strength, and then explode up. up. That explosion is where you're going to be able to keep your, yeah. your power. Yeah, and I think it also has to do with that too. And I think with the strength training, I've noticed that my technique of throwing punches and stuff like that, it, it comes from my legs. I'm mm -hmm. always lifting, I'm always on my toes, and every time I throw a punch, I'm, I'm exploding up. Mm -hmm. kind of thing so it it allows me to to be fast and to to not have to wind up mm -hmm. to hit somebody and to put real so now i'm just putting momentum behind it kind of thing mm -hmm. and um so what you're saying is that your your skill in punching is already mechanically inclined so it's not like a big guy for example the punches like this even though he it looks like he's just doing this he'll send you flying yeah. but it's because of the mass that's behind that exactly when you have the mechanical advantage you're able to use whatever point body mass you have but leverage that to a point where it has the impact yeah yeah i, I hardly ever plant my feet <clears throat> unless i have somebody hurt in there in the corner i might just like plant my feet to throw body shots and stuff like that but for the most of the point like i make it a, a constant effort to always be on my toes so I can use my legs to explode and not tire up my arms and not tire up my shoulders and stuff like that. Because I think a lot of, I know this is inside baseball for you guys and I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> and we'll, we'll move on. So what's, so let's, let's go into a little bit of your plan because I'm, I'm curious to know how you're thinking about this. Um, just to give an idea of how people approach, you know, a certain goal. So you have this goal, you have this intention going to Atlantic City. Mm -hmm. And, and boxing in an amateur fight, yeah. that's, that's the goal. What is your plan for, let's, let's start with the strength training and then we'll go into the nutrition. Okay, so that's good. Can I, can I just add to that? Yeah. The purpose of understanding that is because then the nutrition is designed to support, support. that plan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> right now my strength training routine is I do strength training with my with one of my coaches at the gym uh, at least once or twice a week with him. And then I also lift on my own, but it's mostly just doing stuff that I learned with you guys. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of like kettlebell, like just like heavy kettlebell swings, stuff like that. A lot of stuff working out my legs and my core. Um, I do a lot of body conditioning um, just to get my core, uh, my core strength better because you need to be able to, to absorb punches and I feel like if you have a really strong core that helps um, so I think I am going to start upping my my lifting I don't necessarily know if I'm going to start lifting super heavy because that also does take away from the fighting aspect of it sometimes um, so I try to lift like heavy like once a week so I have a question that and it goes to, to, to that point, is when you're boxing, how do you defend? Do you defend dodging or do you defend blocking? Uh, it depends. It's a mix. Of, it depends on who I'm fighting. Okay. I, I, it, my defense changes between, the, between opponents and stuff like that because not every person is the same. So with somebody who's, who's fast... I resort to more blocking it, throwing counters, and trying to time them. Now, with somebody who's a little bit slower than me, it's it's more head movement and making them miss and stuff like that. Mm. And I'm capitalizing off of that. But it, it really depends. And also, if I respect your power more, I'm going to make sure I move my head around. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make sure that I'm not trying to take um, to absorb too much into it. Because even if I'm blocking, it still hurts. Mm -hmm. It still hurts. Or they throw you off balance because they're so strong and they throw hard. That shot will throw you off, and then you can catch with something else. And it's as you're recovering, yeah. As you're recovering, and the shots that you don't see are the shots that hurt the most. So it it really it varies on on who 
uh, moving around with and who I'm fighting. So I'll share this, that the reason why I asked that question is because, like, again, it's, it's almost like a video game, right? You're, you're toggling the different yeah. skill sets, right? And recognizing that, and then this goes, do you know who your opponent is and, and how does he fight and so on and so forth? Because, like, that strength training, that upper body strength training will also determine that. If you want to be faster, dodging more, then you don't necessarily want to uh, have more mass that you're building up on top. But if yeah. you're using that mass as protection, then, okay, you need that yeah. defense. So, again, the strategy behind it goes into what you're building. Um, because, like, what you mentioned was, like, you don't want to go into too heavy lifting upper body-wise. Why? Because it's going to have an impact. But the impact that it can have... It can be endurance impact, right? So if that's a that's a toggle that you want to keep up really high, that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side, it can have again that protection, which can conserve energy because you're just putting up the shield as opposed to having to use that endurance to dodge and weave yeah. and so on and so forth. So it's like the strategy on how you're you're uh, going into the fight also depends on like what are you building with your body. That yeah, uh, I typically. Don't lift super heavy uh, upper body anymore. Uh, I do heavy on the legs because mm-hmm. that's where my source of power comes from. Um, so I do like I'm never gonna stare away from from doing so like deadlifts and squats and stuff like that. I'll still lift heavy with those. But like when it came to like doing like the bench press or anything like that, like I don't tip. I do more reps. So than I, I do. I would think right now is the best time to to get that in. Yeah. Prior mm-hmm. to when you get closer. So for for if like we were your trainers, mm-hmm. I think the plan would be, you know, go heavy now, get the calories restriction to like something to build the power and strength to sustain the workout, but not so much that you're gaining the weight. So you're building the power, you're building the muscle, you're losing maybe a pound or half a pound per week. So that by the time you get to July, the middle of July, you're maybe like 160, 161. And then from there, shift the training to muscle endurance, mm-hmm. skill set yeah. to, towards boxing, towards that. Then get the calorie restriction to be under 2,000. Maybe we're talking about like 1,800, mm-hmm. high in protein to get you down to 155. So that way you might lose some power, but you're not going to lose a lot. And okay. the, the factor, the reasoning behind that, like starting now with that, that strength, is because like – there's two two points that that contribute to to what your body can do and what your body looks like like i mentioned before the mass right you don't you don't necessarily gain mass when you're doing strength you gain strength what that means is like it's literally a nervous system training that you're doing your your brain body is learning how to elicit more muscle fibers when you're doing an interaction so in a punch you're gaining more of the muscle fibers that are already in there to contribute to this action. That's the strength buildup. So there can be no physical change, but an increase in strength, right? That's and, what I would like. Yeah. So like yeah. if you were going to go for the mass, right, then that would be a different protocol that you will follow. But now going for the strength, and, and Moses says like starting that now, is like you can build this higher base of strength which then when you start working and you're cutting back on calories and everything, and that strength starts to fall back a little bit, it started falling back from a higher peak. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. I also think, I think the hardest part for you, if you were to go into that now, is the dialing down the amount of times that you're sparring to allow for recovery. So I know that you go into like, you know, a lot of sparring sessions. Like you'll, you'll go against like eight, nine mm-hmm. guys in, in one, like, you would have to decrease that just a little bit yeah. to be able to let your body recover and focus on that power. Like if we're talking about time, if we're talking about energy and then recovery, if you really want to win that fight in September, the strength training starts now and you focus there, you focus on a lot more technique, you focus on the skill set of boxing and you try it out, you maintain those skills and implement them in sparring sessions. Yeah. But, you know, light, we're talking about like 60% capacity. Yeah. And then in July, you start dialing up, decrease the strength training, increase muscle endurance, increase sparring, increase, you know, more endurance 
to be, prepare yourself for the actual fight. I think that would allow you to no, get, the, that, get the right I point. I think that's a really, really good point. And I already started decreasing the amount of sparring I do. Uh, I try to keep it to just Sundays now. Um, if I do any like sparring during the week, it's super, super, it's technical, it's touching. It's mm -hmm. just figuring, you know, just working on the mechanics and helping other guys um, get better at their footwork. Because the one thing I do have that's really good is my footwork. I'm really good at being bouncy. I'm really good at moving my feet the entire time. Mostly because I'm so used to sparring with dudes that are bigger than me. So like, mm -hmm. I have to, I have no choice but to move my feet to one, be out of their range. And two, it's also a good thing of when you have a bigger guy who relies on their power, um, if you're constantly moving, you don't let them plant their feet. And the minute that you, they, they plant, like I'll, I'll play a little game kind of thing, where it's a mental thing where it's guys chasing me, you guys chase me, he's chasing me, he's chasing me. I'll stop, make him plant his feet, move again. So he never gets into a rhythm of knowing when he can plant and throw his power at me. So. It's one of those things that I try to teach the other guys who are also on the smaller side. On these are things that they should utilize because not everything's a fight. I think a lot of guys coming in come into this and they think it's a brawl. Mm -hmm. They think that you have to stand there and you have to be, the 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 man way. I guess is mm -hmm. to plant your feet, let's rock and sock and rock and sock and robot it, and see who's the tougher guy. Mm -hmm. And Wait. all you find out is that you have brain damage at the end of it. <laughs> and it doesn't matter if you have 16-ounce gloves on, if you have headgear on. It doesn't matter. Your brain still rattles. It still messes up your day. And none of us are getting paid for this. Mm -hmm. It's a you game know. of chess. Yeah. It's, it's treated like chess. It's not checkers. And that's, and, and that's what I'm excited for when it comes to lowering the sparring and, and focusing more on the strength training, the technique, um, because that plays such a big part in it. And I think a lot of people don't put that kind of work into it unless they're like really, they really take fighting seriously. And um, I think with my ADHD, I have a thing of like, if I find something that I really, really like, I dive headfirst into it. Remember when I first started skateboarding? Did that not take over my life? Yeah, it did. <laughs> you know, just look at my attic and see how many skateboards I have. <laughs> I have two feet. <laughs> so, so to use that that like baseline of like, okay, we understand the intention, right? So now, how do we create a nutritional program that supports that progress? And that's that goes to to everyone, right? Like we're talking about specifically here, someone who's engaging in a physical performance based activity and that is the, the 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 reasoning behind a nutritional change but like what jay said is like recognizing the why and and the specifics of it all is a big factor because when things get tough you know when you're you had a stressful day and and you want to have that thing that you had as a kid and th to bring you satisfaction and, and and comfort that's when your reasons need to be strong enough to contest those innate reactions. For example, last Monday, after our podcast, I had McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I mean, I think the conversation we went into with the podcast that we didn't record <laughs> was the idea of an identity, right? So the identity that you have, and, and this goes a lot, this goes into our Bite by Bite program. We talk a lot about the identity that you, you want to create. In your case right now, it's this idea of a boxer that actually goes into more of a professional environment. So now there's an actual event with people and something on the line. Is, is there like, you know, a medal, trophy? Uh, if, if I, I know that it's possible that I could come back with a belt. Okay. And I really want that fucking So that, that, that's pretty cool, right? So now there's this, this identity that's created, this new version of Jay that we can foresee in the future with the belt. And I think that's really important is to get the intention is like, who do I want to be? And then the struggle is, who am I currently now? Yeah. And what do I have to change to be this person? Um, so let's get into now what, what that nutritional program would look like. Oh, wait, well, real quick. First off, guys, don't forget to like and subscribe. You can find us on all platforms where you can find a podcast, whether it's YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and any other place that you can find podcasts. Um, and also, the Bite 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 program that we're about to dive into right now will be on 
the Vita Project website starting sometime in July. So look out for that, and you'll find out why you should look out for that right now. Good segue. Thank you. <laughs> um, so when we look at the the intention first, like what are we trying to to understand? What are we trying to build? That gives us now the north star, right? That we're 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 achieving with this plan. Now the the variables that step in throughout that plan have to do with the tools and understandings that come up. So for example, that identity idea that Moses talked about is huge. That boils down into multiple levels of how these identities that we're either developing new identities or trying to get rid of old identities, right? These are beliefs about ourselves. How are we approaching those things and why? That's the motive. Once we understand that, we look at it as, hey, I want to change this because in your case, I want to be the champion. I want to have that, that feeling of like, yo, I did this, I went all the way and so on and so forth. Now, if it's someone that wants to lose weight because they've been struggling with weight loss their entire lives and they wanna make a change, it's easy to do some of the mechanical changes. It's harder to have an identity change of the person that you want to become. Can you elaborate on that a little bit more? So there, and, and we've seen this happen where someone that is very overweight, and a lot of times, um, I don't wanna put anyone in a box, but I've seen this happen as a coach repeatedly with people that undergo uh, uh, gastric bypass surgeries, where, and, and there's, there's multiple different ones that you can have. There's the gastric bypass is the full intensive, you change your entire system, but then there's things like the lap band, right, where they kind of use a device to constrict your stomach. And I see this psychological challenge happen from the identity perspective. Someone can lose a massive amount of weight and not, no longer recognize themselves and desperately want to repeat their previous patterns to the point that it makes them sick. There's a, there's a thing called dumping that happens to, to people where um, they are trying to eat the way they used to eat and their physical body, like imagine that your body's saying, no, don't do this, stop. And your identity is so strong that it would override that, those sensations and you will continue to do that action. And what happens is that the, the, the dumping is that the body then reacts to that and it's nonstop diarrhea, vomiting and, and just nonstop. So that identity shift is so big because if you're start, starting to create this version of yourself and you believe in that version, now you're coming into your own. You're coming into the person that you want to become as opposed to losing the person that you think you are. And that's a different, different approach with nutrition. Like I was saying was that I've seen people go through this process. This, like, you think about like the amount of work that goes into doing this process, right? It's not like, a, hey, I woke up today, I'm gonna go get lap band. It's a process that requires a lot of moving parts. With those people, you get to this new version of themselves and their mind, their psychology starts to fight what they're in, what they're experiencing so much that they're desperately trying to become that other thing. And I've seen people, specifically with the lap band, lose all the weight for a year and then slowly start to increase. Even though they have the lap band, the lap band can be adjusted uh, externally by the doctors. Even with all of that, they're still able, their willpower to become that older version is so much stronger than all this mechanical changes that it would literally take them back to who they used to be. So I think it becomes a first and foremost uh, understanding that you're changing your identity and this identity that you're changing into, become comfortable with that. And they're like, to, to piggyback off that, it's not just psychological, it's biological. Like there's a huge physiological component to an identity. So for example, you're gonna go box 
and you're going to win. Mm-hmm. What's that going to feel like? Who does that version of Jay feel like when they actually win the match? So, like, go into that. Like, what are you going to experience if you do win? Like, put yourself in that position. Um, that's a great question. I haven't even truly thought about that. Um, I mean, part of me is like, oh, it's just another day. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to treat it like, you know, like, oh, yeah, I won. It's fine, you know. But another part of me is like, I fucking worked so fucking hard for this. This is all me. Nobody else but me. I'm the fucking man. I did all this. I'm invincible kind of thing. And it's a matter of, like, balancing those two egos, I guess, because once that's done and it's like, all right, what, are you going to go back to fucking eating like an asshole again? Or, like, what are we going to do? Are we going to go back up to 178 pounds or, you know? But let's go more into the, the, the actual feeling. Like, you're imagine yourself, you're in that ring, ref it's raises emotional. your hand what is like your body experiencing in that moment oh it's like it's euphoria it's a it's a it's a big fucking dopamine hit like it's 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 um I, i'll say it's probably going to be the best high i've ever felt and now i'm going to want to chase that high because it's never going to feel the same as that moment um would you probably feel exhausted after the fight oh yeah exhausted. yeah i mean it's fuck it's, it's a fight of course I'm, I'm gonna be exhausted because it's not gonna unless i like drop the guy within the first mm-hmm. 20 seconds or some shit like that i think that's another thing i think um i'm excited to be mean and it i think it i think that's when it go into the emotion thing i think it's gonna be such a release to be like i can be nice again mm. i don't have to i don't have to look at this person so you're gonna feel anger Oh, going into it, I want to feel anger, and not mm-hmm. in the sense that like that it's gonna it's gonna cloud the way I fight. Mm-hmm. But I I I want to go into it where it's not like where I'm sparring with somebody now, where it's like oh like I'm I'm respecting them. I want mm-hmm. I don't want them to be hurt. I want to hurt them, and I want to know what that feels like. Mm. Um, to let the animal out of the cage. Yeah, to to truly to truly let that animal out in a in a sanctioned way. All right, so I'm going to stop you there. So that version of Jay is the identity that you're chasing, right? That's the one that you're trying to build. So there's a physiology to what that feels like. You can imagine it. Like, what does it feel to be free and release that animal out the cage? Yeah, I've never, I think that's the one thing you're right, because I've never fully done that before, unless it's like, you know, trying to defend myself in a situation or anything like that. But like, this is one that's like, we both know what it is. And I don't have to be, I'm not hurting anyone on like, it's not like this intentful mal or malpractice yeah. kind of version of hurting somebody. Yeah, it's so like it's, we it's, both agreed to this. And it's, it's a different kind of animal. I feel like it's not one that's like, I'm fighting for my life. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if I have to kill this person kind of thing. I don't want to kill anybody, but I do want to put him on his ass and I want him to not get up. All right. So that's the identity you're chasing. Yeah. So if you come into a program like Rancis or I coaching you, that's who we're chasing. Yeah. Okay. What are some of the things you're going to have to experience to become that version of yourself to get to that point? I, I think really pushing myself with, with keeping on this regimen and keeping on this diet and, and skipping out on the food that I enjoy a lot of the times. So describe some of the feelings, like what, what are some... What's it's, the shit that you got to go through? I think it's more so depriving myself of, I think we've had this conversation before where I view food as freedom. Mm-hmm. And I think being able to be like, I'm depriving myself of that freedom, I think is, is something that is going to help me because it's, it's, it's like I sacrificed a lot for this. So you got deprivation. It's deprivation. It's, um, I'm trying to think of other words. Like it, Sacrifice is a lot of deprivation. Um, sacrifice is sac- another one. Sacrifice, um, hard work. Like I'm, I'm, I love training. The actual idea of training, like that's the one thing. Like it's finally like being like, I put all this training that I'll train, you know, four, you know, five, six days out of the week, for for what? For just to just because I like it, just because it's it's my little sanctuary for me. It's a reward. It's reward. A re- it's mm-hmm. a reward. You know. So now it's like I get to see. With all this hard work, we're now really going to push myself. It's really one of those things, like we've had this conversation before, and we've talked about this on one of the other podcasts, where it's like, I don't have a, a, a Jay can't quit. Mm-hmm. Jay can't back out of this now. Jay has to follow through. And it's something that I've never really 
done before. And I'm excited to, to follow through. Mm. And I'm excited to see the other side of that, of what that's actually like, where it's like, nope, there's no quitting. There's no, there's no excuses. There's no, oh, but this one, this one thing isn't going to hurt. I got to treat like everything's going to fucking hurt. Like, like everything is going to be taken away from me if I don't follow the game plan. Okay, beautiful. So then what are the things that are going to get in the way of experiencing that? Uh, junk food. I want to just use that same framework to identify the opposing possibility. Okay. You lose. Yeah. All of that work destroys you. I don't think it. W- I don't think that will. I. I don't. Okay. So, but let's go through the same yeah. pattern of like identify what are the feelings or sensations because it's like. I don't think that will. Why? Because I'm, I'm gonna make sure I push that that, that reaction down. Or is it like, because the question then becomes like that identity, that thing that you're after. Mm-hmm. If you're okay, if you're like, I don't think it would. It's not gonna have a deep impact on me if I don't. Then, then that thing that you're after, is like, yeah, I'm after that, but I'm not losing anything if I don't achieve it. So then okay, it becomes. Also, that it has to be pleasure. it has to be a huge anchor, yeah. to be able okay. to. Yeah. No, so that's fair. So all right, so I'll put ego aside. It's gonna fucking crush me. <laughs> it's, okay. it's gonna crush me, and I'm gonna cry in the shower for probably the following <laughs> two weeks afterwards. Um, I'm gonna continuously apologize to to Ashley, and I'm gonna apologize to my dad and to anybody else who came out repeatedly. Because um, I even did it with my other fight. With the, the, when you got knocked out? No, I didn't get knocked out. <laughs> I didn't get knocked out. There's a big difference. I got dropped, and I got right back up. Stumbling, but I got right back up. Um, I have... Punch a line, Jay just took a punch. Uh, I, took, I took a fucking... I took a swift right hand. Yeah. That shit rocked my world. Um, never been hit as hard as I got hit that day. It was wild. Um, but I think when it... Back to what you're saying. Am I scared to lose? Of course I'm scared to lose. Why, what's the point of doing this whole fucking thing? I'm like, oh, well, I could lose. No. The ego in me is like, fuck that. I'm going in there. I want to hurt him. There's no fucking way I'm going to lose. I'm going to take everything from him. And I'm so, going to take that fucking belt. So now that's that's the goal. Now imagine going through the same scenario. At the end of the fight, your hand's not being held up. Your opponent's hand is being held up. Feel that for a moment. I don't like it. Because that, that is what you can attach to the identity yeah. of like, okay, when I have a choice, now, now you have two points <laughs> of reference. Uh, it's okay, I can eat McDonald's. You need to attach that feeling that you just experienced to- Yeah, play this, that fucking that, movie in your head. That at the guilt, end of the, yeah, yeah, no, no, it's, <laughs> it's that guilt. It's like, I think I'm going to be Catholic for like the next, like the part of the fight camp, just so I can have that guilt in me where I'm like, oh, Jesus is watching me. Fuck. Can't do this. I'm going to go to hell if I don't do this fight camp perfectly. Um, no, I think that's a really good, you just put me to a dark place just now. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys saw my eyes. Yeah, yeah, you you do this thing where your jaw starts to move. Yeah, I start clenching so, my but, jaw. Yeah. But look, that's already starting to put the pillars for that identity you want to build because yeah. that dark place is what you want to learn how to access on a regular basis in your preparation for this fight so that it becomes home when you're in that ring in that moment. Yeah. It, doesn't, it shouldn't be a brand new experience that day. You need to train in oh, that yeah. Because it, it, you, hit, you hit a point where you spoke about ego and it does, play, it does play a role. So when we talk about, there's this concept called ego depletion, right? Where we talk about will. And originally, we even believed this, Francis and I, we thought that you had a certain amount of willpower, like it's almost like a skill. Uh, Current research or recent research says that there's no such thing. It's only the people that believe that they have a certain amount of will that they can sustain. That's called ego depletion. But if you believe that there's no such thing as will, what they found was that you're capable of doing anything, right? That there there is no such thing. So when you talk about ego, you have to attach your ego to an, an idea of what it feels like to lose and to win. You have to attach the ego, for example, and we call this process called WHOOP. That's what we were guiding you through. It's like there's a wish, there's an object, uh, objective, there's an obstacle. You have to envision the tough shit that you have to go through yeah. because that ego can only be held 
at the end and can only sustain itself if it's been through the physiology of pain. Because we only remember pain or pleasure and we have to attach that discomfort to that identity so that, like you said, when you're done with this fight and you're done with this campaign and training, am I going to go back to that old version of Jay? Am I going to go back to eating shit? Are you willing to throw all the shit, the pain, everything you did back down the drain? No. <laughs> no. I'm ready to run through a wall right now. I'm still I'm ready. To... Oh, man. Yeah. No. No. No, I'm, I'm fired up So right now. going back to like, like clients, people who just want to lose weight, I think a lot of the times what we encounter was that people don't do this work in the beginning. And even ourselves, like sometimes I fall victim to this as well. It's human nature. It's human nature. It's, there, there's a lot of pre-work envisioning uh, and understanding of your emotions to sustain a identity that you desire to become. And that's one of the things that we do in the program in Bite by Bite is that a lot of that work, especially when you work with us as coaches, we actually do the process that we kind of ran you through right now. Mm -hmm. and, and just to give you like a little bit of uh, understanding behind that, that concept of WHOOP, it was wish, obst uh, objective, obstacle, plan, right? So like that's what we did. We said, what's the wish? What's the, the, the great outcome, right, that, that you see yourself and you're like, oh, my hands are being, that's the wish, that's the dream, right? The objective is winning, getting that belt, right? Then the obstacle is like fucking losing, right? So then what we do is we create a plan. So if these are the negative things that are going to show up like, hey, you know what, it's okay, just one meal of McDonald's today, it's not going to break me. We just made a plan of like, when you look at that meal, you're going to envision that failure, right? So now we just made a plan on how you attack those situations. You guys made me hate McDonald's already. Like, <laughs> I like it. I don't like it. <laughs> so, but that, that emotional association is now that you're using that leverage because this thing is innate. It, it's happening within us. Like we have connections to food due to an emotional response to them. That just happened. It was just programmed with us throughout our lives, through our experience, through our, our beliefs, through our stories that, that we were involved in. And we attach these emotions to those foods, which now, like I said, that scenario of like, you know, when you want to when you're having a rough day and you want to eat that food that makes you feel good, feel that home cooked meal, whatever it is, that is the emotion that you're pursuing. So this is the way that you are able to use that same neurology, that same psychology, and reset it and create a new belief system that allows you to now initiate the behaviors necessary for your success. Yeah. I think the, in, in, in the wellness industry and in fitness, you hear body, mind, and soul. And there's actually science behind that idea. You're going to be fighting the physiology of old Jay while trying to create the physiology of new Jay. And when you, when you connect your mind to that identity, that identity is where the mind is created, where it's being created in the mind, the physiology is the body, so you have to train it to create that identity. And then the soul is the acceptance of the new version of that ego. And when, you, when you're gonna, like for example, you said you smoke weed and that's probably when the munchies, the, yeah. the munchies come out yeah. and all that. No more smoking before Understand that. that that smoking is the trigger that brings the old version of Jay out and then creates the physiology that you are desiring. So then what happens is you smoke the weed, old version of Jay comes out and it's like, yo, old version of Jay wants food. Yeah. He wants McDonald's. Mm -hmm. So then it's finding those triggers yeah. that create that physiology, which then is like, okay, I shouldn't smoke now because I know that it's gonna trigger an old version of me. Therefore, let me not do this. Let me go out on a three mile run, create a new trigger. So I gotta intermittent fast my weed? Probably, yeah. Oh, I like that. <laughs> So <laughs> no smoking after seven. <laughs> so like what Mo was saying is like there's best, basically you're gonna be having a fight the whole way through. Yeah, it's new identity J fighting old identity J, 
and there might be some mourning happening in that experience. Oh, totally. Of like of loss of like this is who I used to be, yeah. and but the acceptance of letting that go, the intentionality behind it, letting that go, is where you find your power to make it through that morning. I think even more so is being aware of when you want to smoke weed because what the weed actually does sometimes mm -hmm. is masks that morning. Yeah. This is like everything that we're talking about is the psychology where that like bite by bite is based off of. That whole experience is first understanding that psychology, that emotional connection that we have to food. And with that, like, so just to give you reference, the, that idea of whoop comes from these researchers who were looking into, there's actually a married couple. One was doing a bunch of research about positive psychology. And the other one, and this is like unrelated, was doing research on like the impact and trauma of negative psychology and so on and so forth. And like over dinner, they were just talking about their research and they were like, oh, I just found like I just found this this anomaly in the, in the research of like with positive psychology, there's this this negativity that starts to be inbred in it. And the the husband that was doing the negative things was like, you, you know, that's very interesting because I found this in the, the negative psychology, the trauma based psychology. And they started put looking at their work together, like actually went into the lab, started looking at and they were like, oh, in order to create change. You need both. You need that positive and that negative. So that's where they eventually came up with the idea of whoop. It's a, it's a studied thing where you need that positive thing and you need that negative. And then that's how success happens. And they've applied it. They created a whole system. There's actually a free app mm -hmm. that they made called whoop. You can find it on your store and it's free and it just walks you through the process if you ever want to do that but is the baseline of, of the nutritional change because it is an identity change and all those emotions tied to the food is how you make lasting impactful changes. I love all that. And I'll question, when you guys put out the Bite 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 program online, um, can the Whoop chapter be called Whoop There It Is? <laughs> I've been thinking about that for like the last 15 minutes. <laughs> it's actually your punchline J, bro. Thank you. Punchline J. Thank you. Um, just to kind of piggyback off that, the, the program itself will be for free online. So this is the first time that Rancis and I will put the program out. It's going to be on vitaproject.com for free. Uh, what we will be doing, and if you need more accountability, more help, or more of this type of work that you saw today, then that's where you can reach out to us for coaching. And we have certain resources and tools that we use to help you uh, reach that new identity. Yeah. And I mean, just follow me along on this journey because I'll be proof of it, essentially. We, <laughs> Coming um, out of it. The Bye 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 program we created, when was it? 2020, 2021? It was 2020. I think COVID was still out there. We were, yeah, 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 yeah. it was 2020. We created it then. Um, we've been selling it for $600 since mm -hmm. then. And we just made like a decision, like based off of our, our intention, our mission is like, we don't want to have this like only available for, for people who have a certain amount of income and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. This is like our mission is to help people thrive in life. So that's why we're doing this. That's why we're putting this program out for free, accessible for everyone. We don't know how long we're going to do it. I don't think we're going to keep it forever. But we do want to be able to, to, to reach the people that we started this for. Yeah, I think it's important that, you know, I mean, this information is not new. This information has been around for thousands of years. I think, I think what Rancis and I, and even Evelyn, who is a part of the Bite 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 program, what we did was we curated the information to be as simple as possible so that you can be successful. And I think that's what makes the program so special. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think it's just important that everybody has access to it and gets a, a fair opportunity to create change in their life. So. Mm -hmm be the change you want to make in this world. And this is a, a good way of doing it. So Word. I agree. Um, so we talked about like that emotional concept behind creating that nutritional change. And uh, for those of you who might be nervous about facing that, it the whole idea behind that is that that is how, again, how I said before, how permanent change happens. But it's not just that. It's also the the information, the nutritional information, 
okay, so I have this new identity. This new identity is a, an infant that doesn't know, okay, how do I choose this? How do I look this? How do So we go through that idea of like, again, we look at Jay when he was talking about like, okay, how do we want to affect performance in which aspects of performance, speed, power, strength, all of these things require different elements. So we look at that as well. And we're looking at that information and applying it for you to be able to say, okay, this is knowledgeable information, not just the emotional idea on how to implement this information, but actual information to make decisions from. Mm. Does that make sense? No, it does. I think so. I think, I think, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm still contemplating. You I, guys I kind of like went out into well, a cloud and then Well, came the reason back why I, I asked if that made sense at the end was because I was starting to get that thing, which I've been doing really good. I'm really impressed with myself. Um, Actually, yeah, you have been really good this one. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like you got some life back. Yeah. I, I feel you. like that presentation really got you, uh, like, kickstarted it for, for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, we did a, a presentation um, yesterday. Friday. Oh, Friday. Yeah, yeah today's Sunday. Um, well, it's not all there. <laughs> uh, do you think the creatine's helping? Well, I haven't started the creatine. Oh. I'm o- I've only started the... Um, magnesium. The magnesium. Hmm. And actually, I feel like the magnesium there... The first day that I was taking the magnesium, I had this headache that... Like, I could only, I could only measure it against the time that I was in the hospital... And my brain was losing fluid. Mm. And it was this headache that felt like sledgehammers hitting me in the head. That day that I started, it felt like that, a headache like that. But then afterwards, and just to give you reference, the presentation that we did on Friday, I had been practicing it over and over. And that was a challenge. When I would practice it over and over, I would have like the recordings. I would just freeze up and like that would happen. What would happen is I, I forget what I'm talking about, the context, like there's, I'm just floating in space. Like, huh, what is this? What am I doing? And then I have to kind of remind myself and try to find the grounding back. That day I was having that headache. I was also practicing. So it was like almost like Navy SEAL level training of like for my brain. I was exhausted that night. I slept very well for the first time in, in a bit. But I think that also helped. And then the presentation, the positive emotional context. The physiology that, behind that, yeah. Yeah, also helped. So just um, to give context to the audience, uh, you want to tell a little bit about your story? Hold on. That's the next podcast. <laughs> I felt like we're already transitioning. We got we to have an outro. We got to have an Damn. outro. <laughs> God, there has to be some structure, God damn it. <laughs> what the fuck? How about the one who being like, let's, let's structure this a little bit. Guys. That was the end of our, our last podcast For this guy who wants to fucking jump ahead Jesus Christ We're doing two episodes today Maybe three Who fucking knows As long as Tin Man over here can keep up um, Sorry I love you um, so I yeah, felt like you missed the opportunity To talk about batteries running out and stuff. Like I know that. but I'm going to save that for the traumatic one That we're going to talk about now uh, Guys don't forget to like uh, Subscribe Subscribe and find us on all digital platforms that you can find a podcast on. And don't forget to comment. I say this all the time. I don't. I love my mom. She can't be the only one commenting on her shit. I, I talk about it with her in person. I talk about it in the fucking in the comment section. Guys, please let us know what you like, what you don't like. Even if you shit on one of us, anything that any of the critiques that you have for us that you've told one of us, say it in the comments. Yeah, that's that's a key factor. Is you have something to say to me or to Jay or to Moses, please don't DM us. Yeah. Don't send, a, send us text messages or any of that. Like, do it in the comment of the video that you're talking about. I mean, you can DM us, but just, like, just try to re- help the algorithm just a little reply. bit. You know, just like. double, double send it. Copy yeah, like, what you comment, said in the comment yeah. and then send it in my DM so I can read it and go, oh, wait, you did this here. I'll answer here. Mm-hmm. Actually, you want to know what? I think it's really great that I did the transition because... That's like a preview to the next podcast. It is. Look at that. Look, you know what? You know what? That was good. <laughs> Moody Mo had a Moody Mo had a good point. So now you guys, you, you got a little bit of the, the next podcast. Make sure you tune in. Tune in. We're gonna talk about his head trauma. <laughs> Thank you. That was great. <laughs> <laughs>
Jason here with Mindset You, and I just want to thank you all from the bottom of my heart for tuning in and watching us every week. Since Mindset You is taking a different approach, we need your help coming up with new topics of stuff that you want to hear so that we can give you the best quality possible and the best content possible in general. It's fun. Come on, help us out. Help us help you. Anyway, you can head over to vetoproject.com to watch any of the old episodes, any of the new upcoming episodes that are coming. You could also check us out on Instagram and on YouTube and anywhere else that you could possibly think of that you want us to be. Let us know. We'll be there. All right. Thank you so much. I think we're on Twitter. I don't know. Hit us up everywhere. Call me. Here's my number 201. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Fuck you in the butt. I keep saying, guys. Fucking trick myself on the streets. I think that's a good take. Listen here, you little motherfuckers. Um, and I'm gonna start over one more time, or else I'm gonna put my head in the oven. Before I was really interrupted by a lovely Dominican lady, and I'm doing everything in my power not to jump through this window right now because I hate talking in front of a camera. Take 15. Fuck you.